We're going to pray. Maybe we won't. (laughs) Oh, wow. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. We just, we love you. We just welcome you. We just thank you. Thank you that the only things that really, really count in regards to quickening life is whatever you do. Holy Spirit, right now, we just thank you. We just honor you. We just thank you. Your presence fills this place. We thank you for our wisdom and revelation. We just thank you that the lies of the enemy being exposed and the dirty, rotten, stinking matrix blowing up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I want to talk about wisdom and the logos and the rima. I really want to get into the prophetic this morning. And um, we've been talking about the realm of ascension and in evidence of ascension is to have an anointing on your life. And we do experience dunamis and power, but the Lord's really led us in the realm of wisdom. And we've been talking about wisdom, how it pertains to the human heart, because it's great that we have all these encounters, but it says, by their fruits, you shall know them. And so there's a place where we lay a hold of that invisible dimension and then we manifest it. So let's just start with Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 23. And Eunice is going to get a workout today. She is, you'll see. It says, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. That sounds pretty full on. That's obsession. That's obsession. That's not devotion. That's obsession. The Word of God, especially wisdom, says don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. So meditation, focus, and and holding on the inside. And this is the result. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. We've been talking about, and you can't get around this. Jesus says, whatever you ask for when you pray, you must believe you have received them and you will have them. So it's so easy. We're going to really smash that whole matrix thing as if I can't feel it or if I can't see it, it must be for someone else or it must be in the future. And it says here, if we allow, not just the, if, if we allow the Word of God to consume us and, and, and not depart from our eyes, it actually transforms our physical body. Is anyone interested in that? And so that's, what, that's, that's the beauty of it. But that's, that's transdimensional. That's not just sort of like learning a times tables or memorizing a manifesto. It's actually there's life. Something breaks open on the inside, just like we know that the whole parable of the sower and the seed is, 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 is foundational to a new covenant living. And so, um, so we've been talking about the power of wisdom and God's word stewarded in the heart actually breaks into the eternal dimension, the spiritual world, the now dimension creates faith. Now, this um, I, we're going to read a passage of Scripture. We're going to go through a few verses today, one or two. Um, but this, is, this really, really moves me because this passage of Scripture actually compares the natural man to what God is looking for. So there's no condemnation in it. <clears throat> and, uh, but it's, it's what the natural man, what, how we're wired and what God is actually looking for. Now, if we actually start to allow the Lord to move on the inside of us and that inner world, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is within you, John, uh, um, Luke 17, then what happens is that to him who believes or her who believes all things are possible. So um, let's just, just 
read this now. I've quoted it many times, or paraphrase it, but we're gonna read it this morning. Uh, out of John, thank you. Nope. All right, so let's do John 20. Okay, now Thomas called the twin. So he was incomplete at the time. <clears throat> One of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. That's, that's called bad timing, isn't it? <laughs> God turns up, resurrected, sort of like, well, is it the movies? I don't know, going for a walk. The other disciples <clears throat> therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. Sorry, Thomas. <laughs> All right. So he said to them, this is Thomas, unless I see his hands, sorry, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails, which is the Lord's there, and it's a what? And I, and I put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, so the Lord made him wait, his disciples were, he didn't say, you know, he's tapped back into the old omniscience and, uh, you know, sort of like, yeah, eight days is good. After eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, okay? Very, very important details. So he walked through the wall or the door, doesn't matter. He was in his, yeah, post-resurrection. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be to you. Now, now can you imagine, you're freaking out. Right, and everyone's there's rumors of his resurrection and etc. And then Jesus just walks through the wall, and you need a new tunic. Okay, so um, then he uh, yeah. then Jesus said, and he said to Thomas, <laughs> "You would be, you would be." I mean, come on, how many times have you prayed? God, and the, the glory starts manifesting in your house, and you're sort of waiting, and then maybe the cat jumps off the couch. Ah, you know, like you, you're on edge. You know, you're waiting. You let alone the, the Lord walking through the wall. Uh, then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. <laughs> I heard you, Thomas. <laughs> reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And this is very, very moving. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Amazing. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So we could say that Tom was an empiricist. He wanted proof. He wanted to be able to see it. But the Lord wants something so superior for us. He wants what we believe to shape what we see. Because they saw the Red Sea parted, the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire. God fed them in the wilderness. He manifested on the mountain and they were still unbelieving. Isn't that amazing? Is that you could see, you could have God manifest and you'd be unbelieving. And so sometimes we go, oh, those Bible stories, I wish, you know, um, that were to see that. No, you don't. Because all the prophets diligently inquired into the day that you're in. Because we get to, to shape our inner world through the Holy Ghost, through the Logos, through the Rema, through the prophetic. And then what we believe starts to shape what we see. And this is the order now, which is exciting. Uh, we just have to do a little bit of a, a, a retraining. And so it's too easy to read the word, the word with our Western filters and miss the multifaceted and multidimensional nature of God's Word. Even back uh, Psalm 119, let's put that up. It says, uh, deal bountifully with your servant that I might live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. 
So we're gonna paraphrase that for creative license and, and, and narrative purposes. We're gonna say, show me wondrous things in your word, in your word, Lord. Because we can read it superficially and go, yeah, yeah, I know that scripture. You know, people, you share something with them and they go, yeah, yeah, I know that. We actually know nothing unless it's in our heart and we can manifest it. It's just information. So yes, doctrine's important, theology is important. However, unless it's in our heart, unless we understand they are all pointers to uh, uh, the living one, the, the, the Son of God, it's just more information. So we need the Lord to show us wondrous things in His law, in His Word, sorry, should I say. So um, <clears throat> what we're gonna do is I want us to start to map some of the Word of God because it says that if we keep the Word of God in our focus, even in our heart, it'll actually transform our physical body. And I want it to go, I wanna go way deeper than that this morning is because there are, there are so many there are heavenly places that God wants us to access because we're already raised with Him. But I want us today to see the wisdom of God's Word in relationship to the human heart. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna quickly go down and map in a second the, 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 the timeless eternal realm. Even in Ecclesiastes, it says that God has put eternity in man's heart. And so we know that... Um, it says in Revelation, we're not gonna put that up. Um, it says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. So people go, yeah, it was a Sunday. That's when it happened. It doesn't say anywhere. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And for those who've had encounters in the Spirit, time is nothing like Kronos, like we understand. Tick tock, tick tock, I've gotta be here at this time. Oh, we've got 20 minutes to go. We've got this, we've got this, we've got this. It's God's describers who is and was and is to come. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. And so he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And then in, remember, remember the book was written by Jews, primarily for Jews. And what we do is we take, try and turn it into an Aussie Western book. It, it never will be. What we've got to learn to do is tap into the realm of the spirit, even the Hebraic mindset, to actually appreciate that God does wanna to relate to us, but then he says, come up here. I wanna show you the things that must shortly take place. He wants to teach us his ways and his language. So in plain language, it's very easy to gloss over this. Hebrews 4.1. So I've chopped this passage of Scripture up a bit to, just for uh, time's sake. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering His rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it. So there's a promise to enter into God's rest. That is the realm of the Spirit. It's the dimension of the Spirit. It is not talking about the Sabbath and having a day off, okay? Yes, we need to rest. We can't work seven days a week. But hidden in here, you start to see, it starts, God's Word starts to point to, to different dimensions that are superior. But here, it's not just a place of rest where you don't get worn out. It's His rest. It's actually the place of God's rest. So then it says, um, Hebrews 4, chapter 6 to 9, since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those whom it was first preached did not, because they, they, the word of the Lord was spoken to them because of their disobedience. Again, God designates a certain day, saying in David, today. Now, the, I, was, I think I sent something to a, a social media message to someone this morning. And the past is your memory, the future is your imagination. You're only in the now. Isn't that powerful? The future is your imagination. 
oh, but it's all, you know, and he's predict. Yeah, that's true. But what happens, we um, conducted a wedding on Thursday for, for Zach and Bonnie, and I felt the Lord just say, so easy in life to always be striving, never arriving. And we're always about to be somewhere. Like, well, I mean, just feel sorry for me for a second. Um, oh, no, no, no. You're always prepping for something in the future. You don't just turn up to a meeting and go, oh, I can't wait to see what happens. You know, I've got to co-labour with the Lord in the Spirit in prep. But it's so easy, especially with family, to never be in the present moment because of stuff. And do you know what you only have now? And in the, in the faith realm, what happens is now faith is, faith actually says we must believe it once the minute we've prayed it, it says believe in our heart, not doubt. So here we've talking, it talks about his rest and then it says in David, today, after such a long time, as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, so they went to the promised land, Okay, amazing. Uh, 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 houses you didn't build, cities you didn't build, vineyards you didn't plant, wells you didn't dig. We're talking just plug and play, right? And that's, that sounds pretty restful, but it's a type. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not have afterwards spoken of another day. It's his rest. It's therefore, uh, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. So this is what's so cool about it. Let's go to the next one, Hebrews 4.10. This is the power of the Word of God, you see. It says if we keep it in the midst of our heart, it'll even, it'll even quicken our flesh, bring life to our flesh. For he who has entered God's rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. So this is the realm of the Spirit is so amazing. You actually enter into God's rest and you cease from your own works. Walk in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, worship in the Spirit and in truth. This is something where the Word of God, what it actually does, it doesn't just give us information, it actually teaches us the way in, the way into the Spirit. The, 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 that was sympathy. Um, the way, uh, the, the, the way the, into the Spirit, into the realm of eternity. Because it's not, it's multifaceted. This is what we have to see as opposed to being stuck. Yes, 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 I haven't seen it yet, so it must be the future. And God says, no, 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 enter into my rest now. Once Jesus was risen from the dead, you can by faith enter, enter into, your, into the, the rest of the Lord. And it says here, Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should work, walk in them. This is what's incredible. Rather than going on the old Christian or leadership or secular business hamster's wheel, is that God has prepared everything for you to do before you even thought of what you needed to do. Isn't that amazing? And this is why the prophetic is indispensable. All right? It says, don't, I mean, prophecies, people can miss it. It says, don't despise prophecy. And it actually says, test all things. So we have to learn to test all things. But, but, but it's, 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 it's just so powerful because, like for me, the Lord reveals, I guess I've got some meta-narrative stuff that I have, I'm, aware, I'm quite aware of, but I never saw the moon to happen. I never, some of the things that have developed. And then you start to see that life is an adventure. It's an adventure. You say, Lord, show me, lead me. Spirit of God, it says that mature, we are sons of God, led by the Spirit of God, show me. So God is even prepared. When you enter into His rest, you cease from your own works and you do what He's pre-prepared. And it starts to blow your mind the genius of God. 
And if you think you've tasted the goodness of God, as you go deeper and deeper, he gets gooder and gooder. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and so you go, that's great. We're gonna enter into his rest. And then you start to see the power of the Word of God. So rather than just read it through a Western filter and yes, yes, more information. Yes, I know the commandments. I know the civil, moral, ceremonial, X, Y, Z. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But unless it goes on the inside and it bears fruit. <laughs> so let's read this. This is, this is the modus operandi of going to that rest. Because it's connected. Whenever you see the word therefore, you've got to ask what it's there for. Let us therefore, in, in, in relationship to the, the timeless dimension of God's rest, where He's pre-prepared works for you to do, right? People go, oh, that sounds pretty good. My works haven't been real crash up. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. And here's the MO. <clears throat> for the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. So our inner world, no matter how many structures that we've placed, no matter how many scars or disassociative parts or whatever, the Word of God can go in and re-engineer our inner world, even the veils of the heart. Because the things that when we go through pain and we try and heal ourselves, us protecting ourselves is okay on an expedient level and it's part of our defence mechanism, but then it shuts out God. But the Word of God comes in and can deal with that. Can someone say Amen? This is why it says it, let it not depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. It is life to those who find it and health to all their flesh. So what we're gonna do is that um, I saw a post by Jordan Peterson come up the other day and I thought, oh, I I might share a bit about that. And then uh, um, uh, I think someone, someone shared something the other day and then got quit and then I went, no, I'm gonna share this. So so in this, Jordan Peterson talks about the Word, God's Word is the world's first ever hyper-linked text. In other words, like if you go into Wikipedia and you hit, you hit a, um, you know, another website and you get linked to that, all of a sudden it's, it's, it's hyperlinked. You can just go into Wikipedia and just keep, just keep hitting on the links and you keep getting sent to other, other, other articles or other um, uh, websites, etc. But the Bible is far superior. It is far superior, it's crazy. And here what we have is, your, it's, it's, uh, um, it's the first text that completely references itself. It references itself throughout the entirety of its structure in a vast series of uh, internal interconnections. Similar to Wikipedia, that's our best example that we would know. It's hyperlinked in the same way, but for, the, for ancient stories, uh, uh, ancient insights, narratives, wisdom, mystical poetry and, and stories. And what happens is that instead of, yeah, instead of clicking, uh, all we'd have to do is flip the pages. That's what it, so let's just show an example of that. It's over, uh, over 63,000 internal references. We show the first slide, please. You look at that, it's mind blowing. It's the Bible is self-referencing. And you start to read it because I remember the first time I started to not just read the Word, but really pull from the Word. And I started to read it in the Holy Ghost with the help of the Holy Spirit. He started cross-referencing things to me. I'd read something and the Lord would go, that's related to that, that's related to that. Who knows what I'm talking about? When the Lord gives you cross-references, he goes, that's related to that. And it blows your mind a bit like this person here. So, <laughs> but it gets more intense. Have a look at this. You get closer. You have a look at the, no, slide three, please. Uh, I mean, it just, it, we, we're talking, 
You, you start to see that, that the whole of the counsel of God starts in a garden and ends with the city. You start to see all the way back to Genesis 3.15, it talks about the seed of the woman. It talks about the narrative that would happen, the, the genius of it, even to the point that Oral Roberts, <clears throat> he, he talked about the, the fourth man. Who was this fourth man? In the, in the book of Genesis, he's, uh, he's the seed of the woman and in the Revelation, he's king of kings and lord of lords. Who is this fourth man? So mind-blowing. I mean, you get, next slide, please. How mind-blowing you are as you just dig deeper into it, right? Let's show the next slide if we can. You go even closer, you just see, look, it's, it's crazy. It's a supernatural book. This is why you can actually, it says it is profitable for correction, instruction, reproof and, and, and righteousness. It's incredible. I want you to fall in love with the Logos. I can't find it. I think it was Kenneth Hagin. I remember he was, uh, what's the, you're blown away. What's the last picture? Just completely overwhelmed. And so, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and that'll do. <laughs> Thank you. Go away. All right, so, um, I, I remember Kenneth Hagen, he was, he was just going, Lord, I love your word. It was coming from here and the glory's falling. And he's just walking around, I love your word. And the glory's falling. And what happens is this, is the word is designed to find a resting place in the human heart. Not just to be memorised. Because the minute there's a connection between the human heart, the word of God and the, the mouth, you have mountains moving. And so that's what wisdom says that. So now Why? Isn't it interesting? Because it's like reading a map with coordinates. I just, the Western is, I just, I just, just give me the information. I'll just, no, 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 no. God says, no, I'll give you coordinates. And with coordinates, I'll give you other coordinates. And the more coordinates you have, you'll have a clearer picture. And I'll tell you why. Because God's love, God's wisdom, His plan of redemption and the future plans He has for His children are so transcendent and superior to our natural time-space world. He has to teach us His heavenly ways and language through mapping, through coordinates and through the instruction of His Spirit. See, it's not just that. It's, it's we, we learn a heavenly language and, and a, such a weakness in the body today because of just like, give it to me quickly, you know, I want to drive through microwave Uber manifestation. Right, this is those who wait upon the Lord. Oh, come on, Lord, hurry up. It's been three minutes, you know. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, we've, we've all done it in the Uber. <laughs> I mean, we've, 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 I know we're just the exception. You guys are different, but we have, because of busyness and tiredness, we've hit, haven't we, Rach, epic laziness with food. And it's like, I feel like ice cream. You know, let's get the kids in the car and go get ice cream. Or we could have ice cream delivered. <laughs> You know, it's sort of like, oh gosh, I strained my finger pressing the buttons. And then they forget to send one thing like some chocolate dip and it's like, right, it's World War Three. <laughs> and so, <laughs> we've all done it. You just swear, I'm never getting that, that ordering Uber from that place again until next week. So anyway, <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, oh, we got it like this and you're opening it up. It's like, where are the Papa Dums? Okay. <laughs> so as you start to lean into the Word of God, especially the quickened Word of God, God starts to teach you a language and divine guidance isn't what it used to be. Because of His pre-prepared works for us to walk in and Psalm 139, 16 says that all of our, everything detailed about our life is already written down. We need to know what it is to, for God to lead us. He can lead through signs, clusters of uh, uh, um, events, 
Uh, dreams, visions, quickened words, nabi, free-flowing thoughts, so many different ways. But the more you get into that hyperlinked of the genius, that self-referencing of God's Word, keep it in the midst of your heart, you start to learn the language of heaven and then it's like you start to enter His rest. This is the beauty of it. It's not like, yes, I like to read the Bible. Man, I tell you what, we, we, we need His Word like nothing else. Yes, but you know, you, yes, Todd, but it does say in uh, Romans, it says, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rima of God. Yes, you want lots of rima, you get lots of logos in you. You get that written word in you and bang, bang, bang. So that's what's so cool about it. But the, the, the wisdom of God leads us into His Word and it opens up an internal multifaceted, multidimensional Word. And so this is what he started to, when I first started to really hear from God consistently, I was in the Word a lot, like I was a lot. And one of the things is that I do like the old uh, uh, YouTube or Reels or something like that to fall asleep to. Sometimes I do, because you've got different types of people. Some people go to bed, turn off the light, earplugs, face, face mask, dead quiet, no movement. Oh my gosh, I heard a mouse talking to his friend a, a block away. That's my wife, okay? For me, I'll be in the middle of something and I just collapse. Is that, are you guys in either of those categories? Okay, who likes the, the hermen, uh, her, uh, uh, hermetically sealed, and he said hermeneutical, uh, hermetically sealed environment, sort of like, you know, everything's perfect, everything's perfect. And so, what was that noise? <laughs> and for me, it's like, like this. <laughs> and so, <laughs> what was that? Yeah, that, that, I was the second one, don't worry, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> All right. Now, we're not gonna do the Deuteronomy Scripture, just hold, hold on that one. Um, what we're gonna do is, all right. Okay, I wanna go into the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is amazing. Let's do Revelation chapter one, verse three. It says, this is, there's no other book that says this, okay? It says, Blessed is he who reads those, uh, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keeps those things which are written in it for the time is near or the time is at hand. And so there's no other book. So if we were to say, oh, this is just a future thing. So all the generations really, they're sort of like, well, yeah, nice stories, dragon, woman with 12 stars, bit of this, bit of that. You know, why were they blessed? Because it actually has a primary application. I'm gonna go, I wanna, I wanna go into the depths of that. And, and, and through wisdom and through that hyperlinked and multifaceted dimension of God's ways and language, we see that the book of Revelation in its 22 chapters is the most referenced book, right? I mean, most, is the most Old Testament reference book. There's over 500 direct references. It destroys the Tim LaHaye series as we know it. The late great planet Earth from Hal Lindsay. It, it really, really does because that's the Western filter. 500 references. People go, I don't know, I'm not reading the Old Testament. Really? Because you're gonna miss out. The, the major prophets had a lot to say. Daniel has a lot to say. I mean, he's number four probably. Um, and uh, uh, we're, we're talking like, because you're in that hyperlinked, uh, hyperlinked reality, what happens is God wants to teach us His language. And so we actually see through heaven's eyes and heaven's ways. So in 22 chapters, there's over 500 Old Testament references and allusions. Some people think up to a thousand. Um, if you believe it was written before 70 AD, 
then the, the Isaiah, Ezekiel and Jeremiah wrote before the fall of the first temple, whereas John had his visions before the fall of the second temple. And so there's such crazy similarities. You go, oh, the, the, they've got the great city, the, the, the harlot of Babylon, and she's, she's actually, you know, she's sitting on many waters and she's got this gold cup full of the filthiness of her fornication. She's made the well drunk with her fornications. And they're like this, Jeremiah 51. You start to see. You, got, you, know, you start to see, oh my gosh, this is crazy because there's an angel and he, he's got a measuring device and he's talking about a city and a mountain uh, and talking about this river that has life in it and there's trees and there's a Ezekiel. You just start to see, it's incredible. And God starts to show you his language because yes, the future is more than just our imagination, but we gotta understand the primary, the primary purpose is, to t- is, is for God to teach his children what governance is all about. We have to learn to govern. And lately, like, like for me, I've been on this planet for half a century. Gosh, that sounds terrible. All right. Um, okay, let's just say, I'll get a bit woke on you. Let's just say in about three or four years, I might start hitting middle age, all right? So there you go. And so you start to see that governments have made decisions that we haven't seen in our lifetime, like massive decisions. You start to see, I find this really, really interesting, is that if you want to change society drastically, invoke emergency powers. Whatever was built slowly, you can just, and there's a pattern. Ever heard of Adolf Hitler? Okay, let's, moving on. What? All right. Just Google it. Oh no, they probably scrubbed that too. Anyway, just meditate on it and you'll get very, very excited. All right. Now, here we go. I'm gonna start with, first, let me just say this. In 1 Thessalonians, it says this. God's children, this, this is really foundational. God's children are not appointed to wrath. Can someone say amen? God did not send you here to appoint you to wrath. Okay, not even Sid Roth, no. I think, no, seriously, terrible dad joke, I know. Oh, okay. I'm doing my best, my right ear's blocked, all right. That's why I just sort of like my, my left side's more active and I end up looking at the drum kit. Okay. He did not appoint you to wrath. It's really, really important. So let's go into some layers, okay? Because we're gonna do a little bit of straight shooting. Can we, can we do Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four to nine? Very foundational. This is a really, really big deal. Hero Israel, <clears throat> the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now just pause there, go back to that. One, wonders, just like a tree has a root system, has a trunk, has branches, has leaves. That tree is one, God is one. There's not multiple gods, God is one, okay? So he's trying to get that across to them. Next, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk with them when you sit down. Remember it says, it says, keep them, let them not depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. Here we go. You should teach them diligently to your children and talk with them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. This is interesting. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on, your door, on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I wanna focus on is that, that you're gonna have them on your hand and right here. And when we're talking about that, you see right at the end of the book of Revelation, it says that he'll see, they'll see God and His name will be on their foreheads. So there's a couple of things. Is that God knows we forget. That's why He keeps telling us to remember. 
The other thing too, right, between our eyes and on our hand is it also talks about ownership. It talks about action, all right? So you start to realise there's precedent there. Even when the angel had to mark the idolaters in the book of Ezekiel regarding the idolatry taking place in the temple, all right? So you go, that's pretty hectic. Okay, let's do, let's do a, a, read the book of Revelation. Everyone loves this one. This one's very encouraging. Uh, Revelation 13. Okay, here we go. You know, you, you, most people when they first get saved, they read this. <gasps> the technology's out. Okay. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. So wisdom says, let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. Who thinks that's an invitation? No? Okay. All right, you don't need to know. We'll we'll close in prayer. Okay. For is the number of a man, his number is 666. So you go, okay. All right, so we know clearly from Deuteronomy on a precedent level is that having God's uh, uh, word on your, on your hand and between your eyes, that's fulfilled. And so this doesn't, this is, you know, this is, means that. Does it only mean that? Because there's multi-faceted, multi-dimensional realities to God's word. Who's heard of central bank digital currency? Okay, it's happening, friends. The new UK prime minister, all for it. Where, where initially they'll say, you know what, we'll use it in conjunction with cash. And after a short period of time, there'll be no cash. It'll be just digital, uh, central bank digital currency. This is real, it's being planned. Do you know what's amazing? Is that most things, whether you call it predictive program or whatever, most things are communicated before they happen, but in a Trojan horse form. The masses of the world are so asleep in such a coma, I don't have to look to daddy God because I have daddy government. It's a real big deal. We have to discern. We have to w- weigh things up. Yes, we can quote Romans 13 another time, okay? Because that's, that's, that's not a, a blank check, by the way, okay? <sighs> Central bank digital currency connected to a social credit system that actually happens because now what you have in China is you actually, they have to do, you, you, if you say something Online, that's incongruent with the ideology of the government, they can actually remove your money. They can stop you from traveling. This is what's actually being planned. Who's aware of this? Just wave. Who's aware of this? It's good. And it's actually happening. Oh no, but you know, it's Deuteronomy 6. No, no, no. How come it's one or the other? Because of the multifaceted nature of the Word of God. That thousands of years ago, is this is actually what was put forward. And wouldn't it be interesting if that the whole, the fulcrum, of the narrative of the manifestation of God on the earth is either sonship or slavery. Because what happens is if we're just freaking out to be rescued, that's not sonship. That's not sonship. All of creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. All of creation is groaning to be, set, to be released into the liberty of the children of God. So we have an identity issue. So you have all this craziness happening and you go, well, hang on. And again, I can only postulate, remember, giving you an, an, an informed opinion, but albeit an opinion. So wouldn't it be interesting if the book of Revelation is laid, which it is, the Word of God, the counsel of God is laid, and it is, but it's primary, especially Revelation, is primary is a manual for spiritual governance. What if these things are happening because God's church didn't govern? 
Isn't, isn't that interesting? And can, but it can be shut down. So let's just say God speaks through numbers. Number 12 is the number of government. So Jacob had 12 sons, which became 12 tribes. 12 spies were sent to the promised land, which represented each tribe. Jesus appointed 12 disciples who became 12 apostles of the Lamb. Revelation 12 is a woman who appeared in heaven, a sun and a moon under her feet with 12 stars around her head. The new Jerusalem has 12 gates made of 12 pearls with 12 angels with the names of the 12 tribes. The 12 foundations are with names of the 12 apostles that were made out of 12 stones. The city was 12,000 furlongs. Uh, um, don't even know what that is. Uh, but it sounds good. It's good. Twelve. All right. The wall was 144 cubits. Versus, you, know, you get the, the trees of life bear twelve fruits. God is screaming, "Church, govern, take dominion, stop being." If 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 you think like a victim, I saw, read this this morning. You're oppressing yourself. And so this is why we can get excited is that we can't just look through the Word of God through our, our Western filter, one dimensional. We can't see it, it must be the future. The Lord says, if, if you get into my Word and your inner world is, 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 is refashioned, your hard drive is refashioned according to the wisdom of God, we get what we believe. And it's even better than sitting down, counting time and just reading the news. God says, come into the now. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Jesus said, He said, whatever things you ask for when you pray, you must believe you have received it and you will have it. It says, 1 Peter 2, 24, by whose stripes you were healed. It says, uh, 2 Peter chapter one, it actually says, He through His precious promises and the knowledge of God has already given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And this is why we have to allow the Word of God to go inside of us and refashion us because we get what we believe. Just because we can't see it, what if, what if God has chosen you to be part of a generation that actually believes His Word to manifest the Kingdom and see historic events change every day? Every day. Because it's, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I saw that I came across this this morning, uh, a couple of days ago. Who's heard of Lance Wall now? I like him, okay? I'm gonna play something because I was too lazy to put it up there. Here we go. Who's heard of the Seven Mountain Message? Yeah, it's a good message. This is what he has to say about it because he talks about it. People got inspired by it. I taught Seven Mountains. People got inspired by it, but let's face it, nobody was really doing much with it. <laughs> I went to mega churches. They loved it. Thank you. Then they went back to building their big churches. City can go to hell, but they had a successful church. I asked him, I said, well, who's responsible for the homeless? Who's responsible for the alcohol? Who's responsible for the corruption? Who's responsible for the LGBTQ movement, the environmentalists taking over your city? They said, well, my job is to preach the gospel and build the church. See, they weren't owning the responsibility. I go to the business community. Well, who's responsible? Said, well, I'm a king and they're a priest. I write the big checks, give them to them. They're the preachers. They're the anointed. They're the ones with the vision. So the businessman is, is paying the priest. The priest doesn't want to go fight the uh, principality over a city because it's not part of their job description. Their job description is building a church. They like the Seven Mount message. It's just I was too political. Well, that's because the devil's political and I gotta cast out devils. That's pretty, pretty good language. But he said, this, he, he speaks on the Seven Mountains. And he goes, everyone loved it, but no one really did anything with it. And when you start to see the spirit of governance as opposed to just the ecclesia, the ecclesia is indispensable. The ecclesia is God actually governs out of the ecclesia through His people. He does nothing without first showing His prophets. But unless we take responsibility for the state of the world, we're just building picket fences and expecting them to come to the picket fence. 
And we have to, and we've seen this firsthand. When you start to enter into His rest and not go into some sort of unsustainable mania, we go, like the sky's falling, we've got to get it. No, 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 no. You enter into His rest and you start to see, He says, will my children govern? Will they govern? Will they govern? This is what He wants for us. But we, ooh, there we go, that's the Lord. All right. I actually heard that. That's a, that must have been really loud. Okay. So... This is what I want to finish with. We know, we know, according to Revelation multiple times, he says, and I, I'll show you the Lamb's wife, the bride. And I saw a city, the new Jerusalem coming down or have on the earth. I saw it. It says it a couple of times. And then Jesus says, you're a city on a hill. All right. And so what you have is God wants us to live in that ascended reality but He wants us to manifest heaven on the earth like the Lord's Prayer. That's not a future event. But people go to heaven. I've seen shows of people die and go to heaven and they see a city. Yeah, they saw a real city. Remember, multidimensional. But it actually says, we're the city of God. We're a city on a hill. And when you start to see that, yes, God is faithful and He has not appointed us to wrath, He's calling us into the now. It's even better even better than one day future. No, 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 no. He governs through His church. That's you and me. You know, people who love hanging out with God all the time, God says, I'm gonna give them a particular type of a reward. I'm gonna make him a pillar in, the te- in my temple and he will go out no more. There'll be such glory and intimacy around that one that they will stay continually in my presence, but still live administrating justice on the earth. The things that are happening at the moment are so brazen, so brazen. I just saw someone, I just someone posted um, in Northern Territory. I think they're putting through, talk about a can of worms. They're putting through a law that if someone is offended by what you say, you can do six months jail. Not if you offend them, if they perceive offence. Wake up Australia, especially in regards to the government. Oh, well, you know, we're just, no, 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 no. We're called. 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12. Govern govern ourselves, govern our households, govern our finances. Metron jurisdiction expands, but we're called to govern. This is the last thing I'll share. By by far the best example, the best example of that multi-dimensional reality. We won't put it up because I want to land the plane. The best example of the multi-dimensional reality of we journey with the Lord, but we've got to journey into the now is on the road to Emmaus where they heard the rumour that because of Mary, they heard the rumour that Jesus had risen, but then others went and found the tomb empty and Jesus comes along and says, hey friends, what are you talking about? Are you the only one that hasn't found out what's happened? Jesus, a prophet, mighty in word and in deed. Oh my goodness. And then Jesus walked with them and they explained that they were confused and probably didn't even believe. Then Jesus rebuked them and said, you're slow, heart of heart. He said, he said, this, these things had to happen to fulfill the law and the prophets. It had to happen. And this is what's mind blowing. Jesus walked with them and He opened up the Word. Then He went into their house and He sat down and they had, they, He broke bread and their eyes were opened. Here's the thing. From the very beginning, on that road, God was with them. The whole answer for their existence was right there. The Word of life, which we saw, which we handled and tasted. So it's not in the future, but that walk unravelled the veils of their heart and their hardness. But the answer was here. 
The minute you say yes to Jesus, the minute you say yes and you get born from above, it says you're complete. And the journey isn't waiting on God for His good old time. It's He's waiting for us. Is that how much will we allow Him to re-engineer like a new creation, us on the inside? And this is the power of wisdom, especially through the Word of God. And this is what's so exciting, is that God is so good, but what He has for His children, it says, it says that He's only revealed them by, by His Spirit, according to Isaiah, according to Corinthians. But we get to go into the realm of the Spirit. And guess what, guess what the primary spiritual law is? What you believe, what you believe. This, this is what's so exciting. You get to go on an adventure and rather than going, I'm a victim, this has happened. They did the wrong thing by me. I'm hurt. No, 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 no. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Greater is He who is in me than He who is in the world. You look what God did through some of these Old Testament prophets. I don't, now, now this, this might reveal a bit of my heart, all right? So just don't judge me, okay? Don't judge me. But I felt the Lord say to me, look up. First Kings chapter 1, verse 12 yesterday. And I was really like, and it was Elijah when he says, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down. And I went, do it again, Lord. No, no, I didn't say that, no, no. But I was, I was interested. <laughs> Did you know, I just wanna say something as opposed to not saying anything. Is this, you're doing okay, I'm doing okay. There are multitudes suffering out there suffering and we're the agency through the Holy Ghost of justice just because your, your whole world isn't tipped upside down shaken together and flipped over like the Titanic okay there are people suffering everywhere and the Lord said he says stop focusing on yourself focused on focus on me and what I want to do but I tell you what right now what's amazing is the Word of God is God's chief modus operandi of, of, of transformation and He wants us to lay hold of it. Grab your communion, please. Holy Ghost. Wasn't that amazing worship? It's amazing. Praise God. Okay, while you're doing that, remember this, it is impossible for God to lie. You're before His throne, you're complete. You're complete, that's what He says. This is why when we worship, when we look to Him, we start to see us as He sees us. Whatever you need, He sees that you have because you're in His Son. And all the promises of God are yes in Jesus. And through Him, we say amen to the glory of God. This is why we have to break the matrix through the Word of God. I can't see it, I can't feel it, it must be a future event. No, that's not what God says. He says you are complete in Him. Can someone say amen to that? This is what's so exciting. This is why it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And it says the peace of God, give thanks in, in, in all things. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard us. It's a military term. And we, we, we get to go this incredible journey of an, an inner world journey adventure to discover the works He's pre-prepared for us. 
couldn't get a better life. Do you know, I haven't, I'm, I'm doing a short trip to New Zealand soon. I've barely got on a plane these last two or three years. After doing crusades, being to 30, 40 nations, right? Have, have I missed it? No. Why? Because I've discovered on a whole new level the inner world. That's the real world. Oh, I love to get on a plane. I really miss. No, no, no. God will do it, right? And I'm leaning into it. But the inner world, there's no such thing as boredom. If you find yourself struggling with boredom, then it's obvious you're boring, okay? You are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's true. But the inner world, and that, that's where it all happens. Believe in your inner world and do not doubt. You'll get, you get those things come to pass. This is why you, you, you can't, he says, let, let it not depart from your eyes and keep it in the midst, midst of your heart. That's obsession. We, 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 for, God so was, for God so was so obsessively in love with the world, paraphrase, agape, that He gave His only begotten Son. When we reciprocate His obsession, bang, transformation. I'm gonna pray and we have communion. And then we're gonna have some very anointed announcements. All right. Lord, I just thank You. I thank You for wisdom. Wisdom makes a way where there is no way. And I thank You, Lord, You want us to be transformed through Your Word. I thank You, Lord God, that You want us to go through that construct of the time, space, fallen Kronos world. We thank You, Lord. We just decree around this communion that we are already blessed with every spiritual blessing. Jesus, we love You. Jesus, we thank You. And we just take this to ourselves, this communion, Your broken body and Your shed blood. Bless it to us. Amen.